All right. Welcome back for another episode of the Fleet Success Show. We got a packed house this afternoon. We got uh, all of our Fleet Success Show co-hosts, I feel like, all in one room. Sweet. It's a little bit dangerous. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, we figured, you know, you guys are in town visiting clients and it sounded like an awesome time to get everybody together and talk fleet. Um, I always love doing these in person. It's just a little bit easier. Uh, we don't walk over each other as much. It's kind of fun. Um, I think the banter is also a little bit faster. It's kind of, <laughs> I enjoy that a lot. Um, but today I, I had a topic, you know, so I, I noticed uh, one of our competitors recently announced they're sunsetting their product. Um, earlier this year, I guess it was late last year, uh, we announced that we were splitting some of our product offering. And it begged the question is like, you know, for these fleet managers, we talk about what keeps them up at night. We talk about, you know, the ABCs of fleet management. And how important it is to have a really solid FMIS. And then, boom, all of a sudden, your provider tells you that, hey, by the way, we're no longer going to be supporting your products as of a certain date. Mm-hmm. What do you do? What's your, what's your first reaction when, when your FMIS provider tells you they're no longer going to support your product? Beep. Yeah, right? <laughs> the alarms go off, gosh. The alarms go, go off. off. <laughs> you know, the, I think you'll say that was the sensor kicking in. sensor beep, yeah. <laughs> You know, and, I, and I think probably one of the first questions that a lot of people will have is when. Yeah. Right. Like how, yeah. how big of an emergency is this? Right. How urgently do I need to move? Right. Am I looking to change quickly? Right. Um, but what else is going through your mind? And it, maybe ultimately that we talk about is what, um, what should they be considering? What are some of the steps they should go through, you know, in the first 30 days, six months, 12 months? You know, let's say like in one case. Uh, one of our competitors, they're, you know, they're sunsetting it in summer 2025. Okay. Um, and we're, I think we're splitting our two products. So we're not sunsetting our product, but we are decoupling them uh, by the end of 2024, right? So that's, it's forcing change right. for an industry that does not like change. I, I think that's actually what you hit with my background in education training. The first thing I'm thinking about is gathering all the details, yeah. what's going on, and then starting to put the change management plan, plan together. Mm-hmm. because that's you know it's no different you know than i mean i got this email from amazon telling me how they're going to build prime differently yeah or you know i mean it's no different than that you're going to have to cope with change right you know it's just a it's a way our our world moves it moves quickly fast and so you got to get on top of it you know you can't panic you know you can't you can't regret it you can't be immutable to it it's gotta it's gotta have to happen at some point in time yeah you know i mean you talked about maybe you know searching other competitors yeah, that's a, other options that you can do. I mean, that that's certainly an option. Um, but even then, decoupling from one competitor to another—that's a huge change management issue. Yeah, right. So yeah, well, then that's a that probably is a great first point, which yeah. is figure out how painful is this. You know, like what options are do you have? Are they going out of business? Right. Or is the product just going away? Right. If the product's going away, what's their alternative? Right. Is there something you can move to? And how painful is that transition? It's extremely painful. I've moved from one product to another. <laughs> right. You know, it's all about retraining people. It's even all, within yeah. the same company. Yes. Yeah. You know, yeah. depending on how bad that migration can be. I mean, we've seen that even in our own products, you yeah. know, with some of the, our peripheral systems yeah. changing. It's going to be painful when that happens. Yeah. So, well, and Josh, I think one of the first questions I would have as a fleet manager is why? Why is this happening? Yeah. And my second question is how's this going to impact me? Yeah. You know, what's going to happen to my data? What's going to happen to all my history of all these vehicles? Yeah. So those are the immediate questions that from a tactical perspective that I would be looking at as a fleet manager. And, and how am I going to address this? What am I going to do moving forward? 
Yeah, I think I, I think once you kind of get past some of that, because I agree, those, those are like my intuitive reactions to it. And but I do think that once you get past that, starting to think strategically, you know, like, like with all things in life, you know, every challenge is also an opportunity. Yeah. You know, and it's it's a great. I mean, if we're being honest, like most of the fleets we interact with, you know, one of the things I love about our program is we have regular ongoing training. I think it's so important, you know. And talk to a lot of fleet organizations out there; they haven't had training on their FMIS and years and years and years so you know this is just one example of you know maybe maybe you can turn it into an opportunity i think one of the one of the early things i would do in my change management plan is start to take stock of what features do i use what features do i not really use what features are you know i just like the bedrock of my existence sort of a thing versus nice to haves and nots um and start to almost catalog that a little bit and take an inventory of that and 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 it's really a good opportunity to talk to your people too, right? Like, what are you using that maybe I never touch in my role that is is actually so important, you know, um, you know those things. And then what's neat is you, you you look up if you if you do that diligently, you kind of look up and you almost have created for yourself a needs assessment on what you do need out of software, right? And so, like you said, it's not it's not this like other things. I mean, if you merge. Or if there's a reorg and, you know. We've so, seen that before. Right. Yeah. And now all of a sudden you got to use the other group software or, you know, and you see that even within companies, right? They're using two different software. So it's actually probably more common than we realize in the sense, in that sense, right? Where even though th- in this case we're talking about is getting triggered from a sunset happening. Yeah. But in, in as far as in the everyday, that, that, that being forced into a new software is probably happening even more frequently than that, you know. Yeah. And so, you know, managing that, I think those are some sort of immediate thoughts. Another thing you need to do maybe is start taking stock in your personnel that you have. Mm-hmm. I mean, this could be a multi-generational impact. Right. You know, some of the older people, they may not, you know, like the boomers like me, mm-hmm. they may not be as, as up to speed on technology, mm-hmm. you know, or things like that. And where you've got uh, people like Griffin that's, you know, up to the latest technology, that's going to be a different change impact. Yeah. And so you need to understand what your personnel are going to go through when you go through this process, you know, and for me, I, I like change. So change for me is not a big issue. I change the furniture just so my wife trips on it. You know, that's kind of which way is not in Steve. <laughs> so change for me is a, as a non-issue. I just go, okay, well, whatever, we'll, we'll get by and make it happen. But, right. um, but there is people that are very resistant to change. Yep. And so you have to keep them in mind when you go through this process. Yeah. Well, look, if we look at it in a different perspective as well, is the reason these products are being sunset or are going away eventually is because evolution. I mean, we're evolving. Technology is changing. We're getting better. Right. Mm-hmm. So what a great opportunity for your fleet operation, Mark, like you were talking about. This is a great agent for change. This is a reason to change. This is a reason to push change and implement change with your staff. I mean, we can blame it on a new system. Hey, we're going to look at our processes. Yep. We're going to reorient ourselves. Um, that we're going right. to start doing things differently, exactly. maybe better, and using the technology to support that. Yeah, I know one of our largest clients is going through that process, and they're saying, you know, we actually never trained our people, and they end up getting trained from somebody who didn't get trained, who didn't get trained yeah. from somebody else. It was like four generations of not being trained properly, Bad and now practice. it's like, hey, right. we're going to almost do a clean reset with the new system mm-hmm. uh, as we do this migration and, and use that as an opportunity to improve our practices make sure that everybody is operating out of the same playbook because we didn't do that the first time we rolled it out. Right. Yeah, but I think excuse. I saw that on, on the NAFA forums too, was one of the, uh, the gentleman down in Florida uses an opportunity to kind of clean up his data, which in and of itself is a massive undertaking. It is. Yep. Yeah. Right. 
but they because they had to convert from one system to another maybe we should do this with our customers we're not doing this to our customers we're just letting them like say hey yes or no and then we automatically move the data over it's very clean but boy i'd love to clean up today we were missing an opportunity is forcing them to re-enter everything again yeah you know as as what is the machiavellian as that might be right as medieval as that torture device might be yeah sometimes it's for your own good a little taste of medicine exactly well i can say with our consulting projects that's been a big challenge yes you know, that's, I mean, that's much the constant figure right? out a, a way to, to clean and scrub that data before this happens. Yeah, that's my daily. I really like the thought that you brought up, though, about that person's very forward thinking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. We let's get past our past mistakes and let's do this one right by getting everybody trained correctly. Yeah. yeah. You know, and we see that a lot throughout all of our clients. You know, people aren't quite trained, or if somebody turns over, they bring another person in, they get trained by the person that's there that may not know what the system is really like. For us, that kills me because we offer free training. Yeah, right. Like there's right. no excuse other than time. There really isn't. I don't know about anybody else, but right. no, I agree with you. That happens and it perpetuates. Yes, and bad practice leads to another bad practice. Yep. That's yeah. and that's frankly that's how the data gets screwed. Well, hundred percent. Yeah. The worst is when there's a workaround for something that doesn't need a workaround. You know. <laughs> like, like wait a minute, we already have that. Twin. We, we open up this dummy work order to charge out parts for whenever someone needs a part that's not on a vehicle. Oh, there's this thing here called the parts charge. <laughs> How long is that? Nobody there? Thirty-five years. <laughs> exactly. But so, and Griffin, you keep talking about like the data, you know. And as a fleet management analyst, you probably see the data more often than not. And you've probably seen data that's somehow survived from yeah. one system to another to another. Like we've been through three system adoptions, and yet we can't get this right. It's a little insane, honestly. <laughs> so what would you tell people? Would you tell them to start over? Would you tell them to do the easy cut? And then it's, it's interesting, you know, I would, you know, start over if you can, that's always the best, honestly, because it forces you to re-review what you have already and then, you know, go with the good and then start over brand new with the stuff that's not so great. And I don't think people realize like how bad their data is. I don't think people are purposely putting in bad data, right? It just kind of happens over time, and you know it's easy to lose sight of it because it's not the fire that you're putting out every single day, right? Yeah. Well, and you're not running the reports. You're not being proactive because yeah. you're having to be reactive, right? So right. Stuff starts slipping, and yeah, you guys are touching on something though because it's almost like data hoarding. With data, <laughs> you know, yes. and it's like I don't want to delete this 20-year piece of data because I might need it one day, 35 years into the future. No, you someone know. put it in for some reason, right? Yeah, you know, so. <laughs> You know, we talk about it a little bit sometimes, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, get some flat data. This is how much cost I put into the vehicle prior to 1985, (laughs) maybe a little later than that. And just, I agree with you and and be clean, you know, maybe keep some history, but don't be uh, hoarding about it. You don't, you don't, you know, just because the truck is 15 years old doesn't mean you need to know everything uh, to the finest detail, you know, from the day it was born kind of a thing. Right. That's the other thing, too, about changing platforms, changing systems, upgrading systems. New technology cleans data. Yeah. You know, it gives you a better opportunity to keep that data more pristine. Right. You know, with the automatic spell checks and, you know, duplication checks and all the things that can come. Formatting. Yeah. Yeah. With all the new data uh, challenges and techniques that are being developed out there. Right. So I think that you need to look at it as that opportunity. You know, maybe some of this might fix some of your problems, right? Yeah. Yeah. Going through it. Yeah. But in workarounds that you've created yeah. because the systems were too hard to use. Because honestly, like you think about our classic platform that was essentially designed in the 70s, written in the 80s, rewritten in the 90s and 2000s, 
but it was still the same base code, right? And we're finally getting off of that platform and coming out with a whole new technology, which, you know, Mark, you're kind of heading that process up, but it's, it's become this, well, let's think about the process. And that new technology includes a new way of thinking about how do we skin this cat? Yeah, right. Yep. Um, and we're not necessarily doing things the way that grandpa did them back in the seventies for UPS. Um, when you talk about change, I think that's probably the biggest thing is what's, you know, why are we doing it? Mm -hmm. A lot of times, you know, it's because that older technology, it's harder to maintain. It's written off of assumptions that aren't true anymore. You know, there's technology assumptions. I know that's one of our biggest things that we look at. There's decisions we made from a, just a pure technology standpoint back in the eighties and nineties that we're still living with today, even though the landscape of technology has completely mm-hmm. changed and you don't have to do it that way anymore. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, heck back when they were writing this software, like relational databases didn't even exist, exactly. you know? Um, or if they did, they were for like super high end applications. And they took up entire buildings. And now we're <laughs> gone past relational and now everything's like, Oh, well it's just however you want to store the data. It just gets stored. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're on the precipice of quantum computing. Yeah. And when that comes out, it's going to yeah. be a huge change. Yeah. yeah. Everything will get so written I, again. I think, you know, you have the opportunity to really get in front of this. I think that's really what mm-hmm. you need to do as a fleet person. Yeah. A fleet at traditionally. I would say it's kind of a static industry. At least that's the way it's been treated. But yes. people need to understand that it's fast, fast evolving now. Yeah. yeah, it has completely changed overnight. Just during my career in the last ten years, things have changed a ton. You know, and that's what we call on some of the podcasts we've done before this perfect storm. You know, that's happening right now. Um, so things are not going to slow down. That, yeah. that's well, what you te- have to get in the back of your mind. Right? The technology industry has finally taken aim at the fleet industry, kind of sort yeah. of thing. And so all of a sudden, we're seeing that evolution. But you know, to your, to, to, you know, you guys have made great points, right? It's an opportunity to train folks. It's an opportunity to rethink processes. And, you know, another thing is it's kind of along the lines of the logic we've talked about with EVs, right? Mm-hmm. Where we say, hey, use this 15 minutes of fame. For years, you haven't had the resources to replace your assets properly. And now all of a sudden, everybody's looking at your fleet and saying, here's money. Go replace the fleet, yeah. right? So I think there's... There's a similar opportunity here, again, when you do that review and you think through, all right, these are the features I like and these are the features you don't like. Well, guess what? And I, I'm sure you would agree with this. Now's the time to tell us. Right? I mean, <laughs> if it, we're always listening and every software company's out there listening. But, you know, if you're, if you're one of our competitors' customers and you're going through this right now, boy, speak up, right? Because yeah. if, if they're not listening now, they're never going to listen, uh, you know. So use that leverage that opportunity to ask for the things you want and the, and the things you'd like to see in the technology. You know, again, I think most technology providers welcome that they want that, but uh, now's a really good time to kind of leverage your voice in, in all of that and maybe see the, the program that you're using evolve into something that fits more your ideal kind of yeah. thing. So. Well, and that was something I think I, I made really clear to our customers was, Hey, we may not be, this new product may not be, your ideal right? right this may not be for you we may not be for you anymore right take this as an opportunity to evaluate the partnership as a whole with the company right. you know you steve you mentioned that uh changing software providers is a big enough deal like you know even just going from one platform to another but now you're going to add in the complexity of it's a whole new relationship yep if you're going to switch from one company to another yeah, it's an even yeah. bigger step it's an even right. bigger step because of all the relationships and you know like is this a company you're comfortable working with mm-hmm. But if you don't buy into their vision, like take a step back and evaluate. I would say one of the biggest things that I think shifted in the last 10 years has been these new upstart other FMIS providers, right? Mm-hmm. And they're pushing the old stalwarts like us and Faster and AssetWorks to really revamp and think about things different. Mm-hmm. 
Um, some of us are paying attention and some of us aren't right. And I won't drop names, but if you're in this transition phase where you're having to pick a new vendor, look at the stuff they're pushing you to and ask yourself, is this something that was written in 2000 Mm -hmm. or is it something that was built in the last five years? Right. right? Uh, because one of those things is going to be built for the next 10 to 15 years. And one of them is going to have to go through another transition in five years, in five years. (laughs) Right. 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 So be thinking about this as an opportunity to move to a more modern updated platform. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and and there are companies out there who are marketing themselves as modern fleet management platforms, compare it and just see, maybe this is an opportunity to really modernize your operations, not just change from one status quo to status quo plus one. Yeah. You know, you know, Josh, I, I have a client right now that I'm working with, and they've been a classic user for about a decade. Very happy with the system. They know it inside and out. Yeah. Had no reason to move to our web uh, product. But after we uh, showed it to him, after we let him experience what it looked like and felt like, he is so excited now to move to the new product. He's like, oh, my gosh, I can do all of this with this product and I can report on my performance and I yeah. can see my dashboards. He's like, sign me up. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. And I think that some of it is you have to evaluate it. The first reaction, Steve is like, Whoa, yeah. yep. you know, you, you're moving my cheese. Right. I don't care where you're moving it to, if it's a better place or if it's right. better cheese, right. You moved it. I don't like that. Right. We, and in a fleet in particular, we, well, I think fleet managers have yeah. so much on their plate oh, yeah. you know, right now. And I think that's what, that's the first, yeah, that's the first thing that happens is oh, that's my true. Gosh, another thing that's I got to do, point, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, and that was actually our, one of our larger customers said that like, Oh man, like you have no idea. We were already in the middle of a massive growth phase. And uh, like, this was not on our bingo card mm-hmm. for the initiatives we wanted to get done in 24, let alone 25. Yeah. Uh, so we, you know, sometimes stuff happens outside of your control. It sees the moment, sees the opportunity. Right. Yeah. I, th- I think it's probably going to be a bigger deal for say government clients yeah. in the public sector than maybe the corporate sector. I mean, I've worked in both. And when I worked in the corporate sector, if we didn't change every three years with some kind of staffing analysis or yeah. realignment or, <laughs> you know, new policies, procedures, new yeah. software, whatever, it just happens every three years, right. you know, in the government, they tend to, to be a little bit more laid back and the status Five, quo. Yeah. Yeah. And so they don't have to make those decisions. So, but if you're a very high performer in government, then you should welcome it Yeah, because that's, that'll set you apart, you know, and in the future when you're doing these kind of uh, initiatives out there. So, yeah. yeah. And I know part of our plan too, right. Is that we're leaving our old products up and operational, mm-hmm. you know, with a migration path in the future. But it's been interesting having those conversations. We've had the reactions like you had mm-hmm. where it was like, Oh man, sign me up. How fast can I move over? And, but we still have some of the older, you know, holdouts, I'll call it. Uh, and not even older, you know, actual age wise, but just, you know, they've been around forever and they don't want to move. Mm-hmm. They don't want to move right now anyways. Right. Um, thankfully our clients have that option. I don't think the other competitor has that option. No. Sometimes you get the choice. Sometimes you don't, uh, at some point though, like they will have to move, right? Like change is inevitable. It's just a matter of, do you change when you want to or when somebody else wants to? Yeah. So and I, think it's, I was just going to say, it's a lot better. If you do the change in them rather than being forced to do the change. Right. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's the thing too. Like you mentioned, you make a good point about what else folks have going on. And right now fleet folks are dealing with a lot of different things. And it's, you know, honestly, at this point, technology, technology is your tool. You're not technology's tool. It's supposed to work for you. Yep. So, you know, when you do those evaluations, you should come up feeling like 
this is going to help me tackle those challenges. Mm -hmm. Yes, it might be a little painful to get to, just to start off because that's something new and I'm not used to it. But you really should come out of it feeling like, hey, I'm actually going to be in better position to tackle these other challenges I got going on. And if you don't feel that, well, that goes back to what you said earlier. Maybe it's not the maybe it's not the right one for you, you know. But um, I'd like to think that uh, when you consider that so many of the challenges that fleets are facing today are are caused by changes in technology, you'd like to imagine that uh, sort of following suit and improving the technology by which you're managing that fleet is going to help you along that that path. I mean, I know also I I, be I believe sincerely that the work we're doing with our program is precisely for that reason. We are trying to help solve the problems that fleets are facing today, but also anticipating the problems that fleets are going to have five years from now, 10 years from now, 15 years from now, and so forth, and, and already lay the groundwork for helping them solve those issues as well, right? right you know? Well, with the, with the emphasis now on user interface and user experience, it can't help to be better in the long run if you've moved to that, upper, you know, that yeah. new system. Because the old systems really didn't focus on that type of system. Right. I think about it. They well, didn't. especially with this training yeah. talk that we're doing. Right. Yeah. User yeah. experience. I mean, what was that back in the seventies? Yeah. You got what you got. Right. Right. It works. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> I think it's green screen. Yeah. <laughs> no UI about that. Right. Good exactly. Yeah. That's actually a really good point, and yeah. and, and it's and it's going to actually reduce that burden on. In theory, it should reduce yeah. that burden on organizations for having to keep up with uh, some of the training standards and all. I mean, that's certainly what we see on the consulting side is. You know, we every every time we go in and we find a, someone who's not leveraging data properly, almost always it's the system's fault, regardless of the system. And you dig a little deeper, it's well, when's the last time you took a refresher on how to use this? <laughs> Thirty-eight years ago. Right. Like, well, yeah, yeah, that might be the problem. We might have found it. <laughs> it's, it's not your software. It's you. Right. You, you didn't see that update that came out every three months. <laughs> yeah. But, so, you know, as we as we kind of draw to a close here right you know if you have if you're one of these customers maybe you're one of our customers maybe you're one of our competitors customers what would be your like last parting advice to them as they're facing this situation i would say let's go see what's out there let's let's compare systems let's see what the best fit is for our organization okay mm -hmm. steve i i would just say embrace the change yeah. i mean that's that's kind of my first reaction to things and just embrace the change and Try and move forward with it. I, that's why I like the comment you said, because it's a, change is inevitable. Yeah. It's going to happen, you know. And the way I embrace change is I just do a lot of due diligence, a lot of research, and I start putting together a plan in my head, and I start thinking, okay, I'm here. Now how am I going to get there? Yeah. You know, and that's kind of the way I operate. You know, and everybody's different, I understand, but that's, that, that's what I do. I just embrace it and move forward. Yeah, I think Steve's right. Embrace it, you know. These companies aren't sunsetting, you know, software to a newer version for no reason, right? It's to make those upgrades. It's to make it easier for their clients. So, you know, just embrace it. Go with it. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll agree with what my colleagues have said. And I'll, I guess I'll add something I said at the start, which is, well, you know, again, different does not mean bad. It just means different, right? Good. So, but I do think it's a good practice. Take stock of the things you need and the things you use. And, uh, and, and go ahead and be a little proactive in making sure you're covered in those areas. I know for our customers, that's exactly what we're asking them to do right now, right? We're, we're in this major push to make sure that we have everyone's bases covered across the board as, as much as we reasonably can. And so we want to hear that, right? And I'm sure that, um, that, you know, that makes sense. It helps us, but it also makes sense for the customer, for the fleet, right? Because now you know 
again, this is what I need to operate. This is, you know, everything should have kind of like four buckets in my mind. It should be like absolutely must have, would really like to have, but the world won't end without, would really like not to have, but the world won't end with, and cannot have, you know? And those, everything fits into four buckets. By the way, that works for software systems, relationships, and all kinds <laughs> of other things. I broke the fourth wall to make You're looking at it more. <laughs> I mean, and it, it comes down to the confidence you have in your supplier, too. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, obviously, we help fleet succeed. We're not going to roll something out that doesn't help fleet succeed. I mean, that's the bottom line, right? Because that'll, that would be not only painful for client or us as well yes so usually when someone rolls something out it's for a, a distinct purpose yeah. to improve your life right that's how you have to embrace that yeah i think my uh, my last parting advice i'm going to echo tony you know this is exactly what i said on stage when we announced our forking you know like our uh, decoupling um and you know and i have to imagine our competitor has a similar mindset but we're the fleet success company you know and and if you aren't going to be successful using our product we want you to be successful using somebody else's because, as we all know, as consultants, an FMIS is the bedrock of any successful operation. That's right. Right. Um, I don't care which one you're using; just use one. Right. Uh, ideally, I think you know ours is the best, but there's some really solid ones out there, and use it as an opportunity. If you're going to be forced to change, take back the control and make the change that's exactly the one you need that's right for your organization. Um, and, and honestly, I think you'll end up with the better for it. Right. So. Uh, and maybe maybe clean up your data while you're doing yeah, it. Yeah, please. Please, please, please. Data, please. I'm begging. <laughs> Everyone wins on that. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, guys, thank you. It's been, obviously, you know, I love having you guys in office whenever we can get you. Um, where are you guys headed to next? NTEA, when is that? Uh, first week, week of March. March. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so it's like yeah. right around the corner. Uh, if you guys are heading to NTEA, stop by, say hi to the guys. Um, you know. I think they're going to try to get a maybe a little live podcast going. We'll see if we can get the the technology worked out. Right. But at least stop by, say hi. You know, uh, let us let us know that you're listening to the podcast. Please. They would love to hear it. I'd love to hear it. Um, and until then, see you guys later. All right. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, thanks. Thanks. Thanks for having us.